0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back into the BT Powerhouse podcast. My name is Thomas Bendit. As always, we're coming live to you uh, December 9th, uh, 2018, as we continue on in the Big Ten basketball season. First week of conference play is in the books. Uh, we have another weekend of, well, I guess a, a weekend and a half here of non-conference play added in, including a, a just absolutely loaded Saturday slate That included Indiana at, uh, well, not Indiana at, but um, Indiana against Louisville, Wisconsin against Marquette, Nebraska against Creighton, um, Michigan State at Florida. So just a a huge slate of big-time games. Um, Even Michigan, you know, playing South Carolina and, you know, the Gamecocks haven't been what they were a couple years back when they made the Final Four, but certainly you know, a power five opponent there. So a lot of uh, big matchups for the big 10 on Saturday and that carried over, you know, Iowa played Iowa state. They beat them earlier this week. Uh, So a lot of action here to talk about a lot to break down as, as far as the big 10 is concerned overall. Um, I wanted to just touch briefly on, on some bigger and, and more general thoughts about the conference, the league, where things are heading this season. And then, you know, we'll, we'll hit on Saturday and then hopefully we'll touch briefly on, on each team. And um, additionally, we are going to uh, have a guest, one of our, our writers as well should be jumping on here shortly, but before he gets on, I did want to touch briefly just on some overall conference thoughts. Um, and I apologize, you know, I, I keep saying this on these podcasts that I'm really going to try to get the podcast up more regularly uh, and it just doesn't happen, but my schedule has been crazy uh, again. Um, but so we haven't had a chance to touch in as much as I might've liked here over the last couple of weeks over the last couple of months, but I just want to go back on, you know, some of our early thoughts and some of our off season thoughts were as far as, you know, how was the big 10 going to turn the corner on really what was a down year and honestly was probably a down couple of years. The league was not remarkably strong last season. And I think had Michigan, Uh, sort of went along the lines of its seeding Uh, because, you know, as people may forget, Michigan was only a, what, a four seed last year. They ended up making the national championship game, certainly, which makes things look a lot better. But I think had Michigan done what a typical four seed does, which is make the round of 32, make the sweet 16 or the uh, elite eight, something like that. I think the perspective on last year's big 10 would, would be even more, uh, critical than it is now. You know, they only get four teams in to the field. The only teams that do anything in the tournament really are Michigan and Purdue. Uh, Purdue gets knocked out after uh, they kind of got screwed uh, as far as some injuries are concerned. But you know, if Michigan had you know went out in the Sweet 16 or something, I I think last year's Big Ten would really be re- uh, viewed as a a really down year for the league, really rough year uh, from start to finish. But so we talked about a lot of those issues, and as far as we were concerned, uh, you know, how was the league going to turn the corner? How were they going to start to really getting back on the track of that 2012 season, or you know, 2011-12, 12-13, 13-14, those seasons where the Big Ten was stacked, um, just absolutely loaded. Um, but uh, but joining us, we we do have our our guy on the on the staff here. Uh, hey man, how's it going? Hey, how are you, Thomas? Good, good, good. Thanks for, thanks for joining us here uh, on Sunday morning. Um, why don't, why don't you take, I think, I think this is the first time you've been on the podcast here. Uh, why don't you take a second or two to just introduce yourself and uh, tell the folks about uh, your background and, and what brought you here to, to talking about Big Ten Hoops. Sure, absolutely. Um, well,
1: happy to be here. I am a, a Michigan native. Um, who grew up in uh, Metro Detroit, and so grew up watching Michigan and Michigan State play basketball, um, which is always fun, and now um, just actually making the transition from New York City, where I've lived for about the last 10 years, to, uh, to Washington, D.C. So um, hopefully going to get out to some Big Ten games here in, uh, in College Park and,
0: uh, and in Piscataway and
1: uh, in New Jersey. So,
0: yeah, man, happy to be here. Definitely, or as Jim Delaney calls it, Big Ten country. Uh, yeah, but, uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, where, where can people check out your stuff? Uh, I know you're on Twitter. Uh, where can they follow you? Yeah, absolutely. They can follow
1: me on, uh, on Twitter at uh, Verac um, and also on Big Ten Powerhouse. And uh, hopefully um, doing some good content on, uh, on Michigan and Michigan State in the next couple weeks. So uh, a lot of exciting things happening.
0: Cool stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know how much you heard of of my ramblings here about the league. Uh, you know, during the off season, everybody was kind of wondering. You know, how was the Big Ten going to perform? You know, they only had four teams in the tournament last year. Uh, I talked about the fact yep. that you know, had Michigan maybe not overachieved in the NCAA tournament, uh, people people would really be really down on last season's Big Ten. And you know, we had these questions about how how was the Big Ten going to perform, but I think so far, so good. I think a lot of teams have uh, surprised in a a positive way. Uh, I think Iowa has been better than people expected. Wisconsin looks like they're back in form, you know, after the one down year. Maryland looks strong. Nebraska has continued what it did last year. Um, Any thoughts on the Big Ten in general, sort of how it compares nationally and uh, what you're looking forward to here going forward? Yeah, absolutely. A lot, a lot to look forward to. I think you're absolutely right. I think
1: uh, last year, the big, the big issue was, you know, we talked about the top of the Big Ten a lot. We talked about um, Michigan State, and we talked about Purdue, and we talked about Ohio State as the season went on. And those teams sort of fizzled out when tournament time came, right? And, Mm -hmm. um, and I think you're right that, that the Big Ten was sort of saved by Michigan in some ways. But, um, but I think it's really the middle of the Big 10, the middle and the bottom that felt like it was just dragging everyone down and you see the exact opposite this year. I mean, um we're a couple weeks into the season and the ACC Big 10 Challenge, the Big 10 showed up in a big way and um and not just because of the the Michigans and um you know kind of some of the bigger names, but also um, you know, the Penn States and the Rutgers and uh, and some of the teams in the middle. So I think, I think the biggest mm-hmm. and most encouraging thing for me um, is that there's no cupcakes. Everyone's playing everyone tough. Um, you know, even the teams with two losses in conference play right now um, are teams that, you know, could beat you on any given night. Northwestern can take a, a tough Indiana team you know uh, and play them tight till the end of the game, same thing with Michigan, Iowa, you know, surprising a little bit um, in their two losses but uh, but I think they can beat almost anyone in the conference um, and so so I would just say I think the 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 middle of the big ten is is vastly improved. Um, that'll do a lot for the conference coming you know when we get into February and march and uh, and I think it's going to be a really, really kind of exciting January and February for the big
0: Mm 10. Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement. I definitely think the middle has improved a lot. And, you know, I I was talking a little bit about, uh, really, you know, 2012 to 2014, I think might be the strongest the big 10 has ever been top to bottom. Uh, it seemed like every Tuesday night, every Thursday night, it was a huge matchup. It's, you know, through January, February, March, just, uh, So many great games, you know, Michigan will play Iowa in a huge game, you know, Indiana's playing Wisconsin, you know, it was just so many good games. And the big part of that was, is that, you know, you had seven to eight teams or so that were definitely relevant at the national level. And I think this year, the big 10 has that, I mean, Michigan, Michigan state both look like they are definitely going to be in the running for high end seeds in March, Wisconsin has looked good uh, despite yesterday's loss. And, you know, you get this bunch of teams, which, you know, are Purdue, Ohio State, Nebraska, Indiana, Maryland, where they all look good. They all have some flaws. But, you know, if you're going to go into Nebraska on a Thursday night game or Indiana on a Saturday night game, those are not going to be yeah. games. And those I think you can make an argument that Indiana and like Maryland and teams like that, they, they might be at the very tail end of the top half of the conference which is crazy. Uh, you know, over the last couple of years, those teams might've been the second or third best team in uh, this right, year. You know, right. they're they're going to end up with a bunch of losses in conference play just because there's so much depth. So uh, it's very exciting. No, I think you're um, absolutely right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I know we, we got our little taste here over the last week of what conference play is going to look like, but I think we are going to be in for an absolute blast here starting in January, where, we are going to get three, four, maybe five games that are really big games with national ramifications every single week just because there are so many good Big Ten teams right now. Um, But with that –
1: Absolutely, and I think – Oh, go ahead. I think, you know, um, it's going to be exciting also because, like you said, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights, you're going to, you know, see teams beating – you know, teams at the, the seemingly bottom end of the Big Ten um, beating top-tier teams, and I think that's going to happen mm-hmm. pretty often. Um, you know, we talk about Iowa. They were so – we a lot of people were hot on them at the beginning of the season, um, you know, had that UConn win um, and that Oregon Oregon win, and, uh, and we're kind of riding high for a little bit, and then they're now sort of, you know, maybe towards the bottom of the conference, and then uh, – but they can beat almost anyone on – you know, mm-hmm. at home or on the road. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be up and down, um, but it's it's going to be fun season.
0: Definitely. Um, but with that, I want to transition, Jin. just touch on it briefly, something you brought up. Uh, we haven't had the podcast in a while, so we have a lot to talk about today. Um, yeah. I want to start I want to start out with the Big Ten ACC Challenge. I know we're a few weeks removed. People aren't really thinking about it anymore, but I did want to just touch on it uh, because it's such a big, uh, event with such national implications. Um, I remember writing this at the time. I I truly believe it, but I think for a lot of people, the big 10 ACC challenge is when college basketball starts for the season. You know, it's the, it's the week after, uh, the college football regular season ends. I think a lot of eyes start turning and this is the big event where, where things start out. Um, just in a, a couple sentences or so, uh, any any lasting impressions as far as the uh, the Big Ten ACC challenge?
1: Yeah, I mean, I just think it was fun. You know, it was just exciting. There mm-hmm. were good games. Um, people were tracking kind of you know which conference was ahead, um, and I, and I think it does come at a good time in terms of national sports relevance, right? Um, you know, it's early, November is early to start talking about college basketball. But when you have a Duke team that is, you know, apparently supposed to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers and then <laughs> going into <laughs> Assembly Hall, um, or you have, uh, you know, you have a Michigan State team going and losing at Louisville um, to a, you know, kind of rebounding, rebuilding Louisville team. Um, I just think you know I, I was pretty impressed with the slate, um, the way that you know both conferences played, um, and it was in, in some pretty exciting games. You know, the the Rutgers game was fun. Uh, the um, the Louisville Michigan State game was obviously you know really fun, um, a little marred by some foul trouble there, but uh, but Penn State was mm-hmm. fun. I think um, I was I was impressed with the way the the Big Ten played, but I, I also just I think the lasting impression is just good, close, fun basketball games.
0: Definitely. And I, I think, you know, the final tally was seven to seven. It was a tie, uh, which somehow it, it seems like these challenges always tie for some reason. You know, the Gavit game, <laughs> the, first, the first year that it wasn't tied uh, since it started. So I, I guess maybe that's a good note for the ESPN people that schedule this thing. I don't know. Um Yeah. I I thought you had a lot of, a lot of good games. I thought you had some teams really emerge on both sides. You know, I thought Louisville, that was a huge win for them. And going forward, I know they lost yesterday to Indiana, but I thought that was, that's going to be a big win for their season. Um, on the big 10 side, obviously Michigan crushing North Carolina was a huge day. Uh, Rutgers beating Miami on the road is a huge win. Uh, so it, it was a fun event. Um, The one thing I I did want to ask before we move on here from the Big Ten ACC Challenge, um, there's always a lot of criticism, it seems like, where people think, um, you know, the matchups have gotten a little stale because almost all of these matchups have been scheduled recently. And by, uh, for Mm -hmm. example, Michigan played North Carolina last year in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Indiana and Duke played recently recently. Uh, Maryland and Virginia played recently, so a lot of these are Miami and Rutgers. Uh, they played recently as well. Um, do you do you agree with that? Do you think there should be some sort of uh, change to this event, or uh, do you think, you know, frankly, there uh, this is just sort of reality of having to play uh, <laughs> the same conference over and over again?
1: Yeah, you know, I think um, I think it's a fair critique, but I think uh, just. You know, I think the home and home um, format sort of works for me. I, I like programs that are somewhat familiar with one another, and I like seeing how how teams change from year to year. You know, um, and mm-hmm. and you brought it up. The classic example is uh, Michigan going into you know Chapel Hill last year and just looking like they were you know children. You know, in a, <laughs> in a totally new environment, wide-eyed and green, and then mm-hmm. um, kind of just totally uh, the the script flipped this year. Right. Um, So, Mm -hmm. so I think, you know, the matchups can maybe um, it'd be nice to see um, to see some, some variety, but, but I also think from year to year, these programs and these teams are changing so much that, um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's fun to see, um, you know, kind of how things, how things move and change uh, from year to year.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I have a few thoughts on that critique and, and the reason I bring it up is because I see this all the time, uh, for people. And I I think first off, you have to realize that, you know, college sports, it's not, it's not like the NFL. It's not like the NBA. Uh, a lot of the program powers remain good. You know, Duke is good year after year after year. And maybe that happens sometime when coach K steps away, but, uh, you know, Duke is a, is a power. They're good. Almost you know, virtually every year. They're uh, in the top 10, same with North Carolina. Uh, this Michigan state has what their 20 plus year NCAA streak. So you're going to get some matchups that are a little stale, I guess, because the teams have played recently. The only thing I would like to see is, is really twofold. The first thing is I would like them to do uh I, I don't know how you designate this. I don't know how you set it up, but I would like them to take, uh, cause ESPN, is, they're the ones who schedule this thing. And what they do is essentially look at where are the teams projected. And then they put the good, they choose the matchups that they think are going to be good for TV. And so for instance, you get Indiana Duke, you get Michigan, North Carolina, cause those teams are, you know, projected in the top 25, what have you. I would like first off for them to have, uh, really try to strategically put those at home or on the road. And what I mean by that is, you know, Indiana goes on the road to play Duke. And look, I was I was excited for that game. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I think most of us thought, yeah, Duke's probably going to win. You know, you're putting the higher-ranked team at home. And I realize you, you can't put Duke on the road every single year, but, you know, I'd like to see them have to go on the road against one of these teams because uh, I, I think it gives – you know that other that's you know lesser ranked team an opportunity to pull off an upset which i think is you know something exciting and will add a lot um the other thing i'd like to see is put put a team that is you know in the top 25 or something one on both sides so it'll be one acc team and one big 10 team put them on the road against a lower tier team and Maybe that sounds unusual, but like, yeah, if they put Duke on the road against Northwestern or something like that, that would be like the biggest home game Northwestern would have all year uh, and and I think the same could be said, you know, if they had uh, i'm I'm trying to think of who was some of the lower tier ACC teams, but you know if they put Michigan on the road against Wake Forest or Pitt or something, uh, i I just think it could create some really cool environments and get some of the fan bases of maybe the lower tier teams excited, but um, easier said I than done. You're absolutely right. But...
1: Yeah. Easier said than done. Absolutely. And and you wonder whether you want to be kind of
0: manicuring it
1: and, and kind of finagling it in that way. Right. Because ultimately people are tracking which conferences, you know, who's ahead or is it seven, seven, yeah. et cetera. Um, and, and so maybe you don't want to, to, to be kind of, um, you know crafting matchups that um would kind of skew that, but i think I think you 're totally right if if we 're trying to get a sense of where these conferences are um, mm-hmm. you know in relation to one another, you know sending Duke to play at home against indiana doesn 't really tell me that much right yeah um, you know if if then again, sending North Carolina on the road um you know to let's say you know, maybe not Michigan, but to play a kind of, uh, you know, a little bit of a down Purdue team. I mean, that's a fun mm-hmm. game. Um, yeah. You know, and 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 I think you're right in terms of what it does for for fan bases um, early in the season. You know, Northwestern would just I don't know it, it would maybe lose its mind if Duke came to town.
0: Um, yeah. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean, I, mean I,
0: think I I would be in for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it would just be a fun twist of instead of seeing a lot of these top teams play each other over and over again, um, you know, just do it to one every once in a while or something. I don't know. But like I said, easier said than done. Um, and we will we will move on from that since we uh, that that is a little dated discussion now anyway. But I wanted to touch on it briefly. Um, next thing I, I wanted to touch on here before we get into yesterday and the last couple of days of action Um Big Ten play uh, started. Every team has played their two November, December-ish Big Ten games. We are now back in a non-conference play, and Big Ten play will not restart until 2019 in January. Uh, Biggest thoughts, biggest reactions to the two Big Ten games um, that you had earlier this month? Yeah.
1: um, I mean, I think I I like – i don 't know how you feel about this, but i, I like the two conference games early in uh, in December. Um, I think it's a little like teaser um, mm-hmm. and uh and I think it's it's sort of fun for at least for us to prognosticate and you know basically blow hard about what the conference looks like and what the <laughs> play might look like and then we get a whole month of holidays and then go back to it um, but uh but i uh in terms of big surprises and and things and takeaways um, you know that Michigan State Iowa game was really um, you know surprising to me. I didn't expect Iowa. I know they were you know at Breslin. I didn't expect them to get beat down the way they were. Um, yeah. But uh, but you know obviously uh, another another big takeaway was was Michigan. Michigan won a couple different ways. Um, they beat Purdue and then beat Northwestern. Uh, Purdue pretty handily in a, in a matchup that has. Uh, you know, over the last couple of years been usually some pretty interesting, close um, riveting games. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, Michigan's defense really locked down in a way that we've kind of expected them to. Um, and, you know, the offense picked up and and, and just a, a pretty dominant win over Purdue followed up by, you know, a trip on the road um, and, and another nail biter um, at Wells <laughs> Ryan. So I think, you know, a lot of people are saying, look at this Michigan team. They can win a bunch of different ways. They're passing every hurdle, um, you know, in their way. They're winning on the road. Then they're winning, you know, they're winning neutral site games. They're winning with defense. They're winning with, um, you know, a sort of more versatile offensive attack. And, um, and I think all of that is right. But I think, um, you know, I saw some holes, too, at Northwestern. And we can, you know, later on we could talk about what we saw yesterday. Um, when they played South Carolina. But I think uh, one big takeaway for me is, like we're talking about the Big Ten being strong and the middle of the pack being strong, I mean, Michigan can lose to six, seven teams um, in the Big Ten, I think, um, you know, probably on the road. But uh, Northwestern, Northwestern really pushed them hard. Um, they, they scored in the paint. Um, they made tough shots. Um, they had some easy easy buckets towards the end of the game. Um, the kind of give and go game with Derek Pardon worked um, he was able to sort of have his way for various stretches of the game in the paint um, and so um yeah i think I think my biggest my biggest takeaway from that is just uh you know michigan's not invincible um they don 't look um like their defense is completely impenetrable and with a strong big ten um
0: you know let's let 's see what happens definitely i I think the first Takeaway I had is uh, I think there are three teams that are going to be in the big 10 title hunt this season. Uh, You know, certainly some other guys can get in there, but I I think there are three big 10 teams that are a notch above everyone else. You can certainly let me know if you agree or disagree. I think that's Michigan, Michigan state and Wisconsin. I think those three are the best teams in the big 10. I think they're going to have the best chance at contending for that big 10 title. And the twenty game slate I think is going to remove some of this craziness we've had over the last five or six years because it seems like at times we've talked more about the schedule than we have about you know who the best teams yeah. are because you know last season and you know Michigan State won the big ten last year they they had the best record at the end of the regular season in conference play they deserve they can raise that banner, et cetera but I don't think anybody felt like at the end of conference play Michigan state really was the, you know, the outright big 10 champs. Uh, it just, it didn't feel that way because, you know, they had such an easy schedule and this year, some of that stuff's going to be resolved. So I really do think the cream is going to rise to the the top here. And I think that's Michigan, Michigan state, Wisconsin. And then it's about, you know, what are you going to do in those head to head games? What are you going to do in those, those few difficult ones? Um, I will say I, I think Michigan, not only because they're the best in the advanced stats, but because they already beat Purdue, uh I, I think they right now have the the inside track. I think they have the best the best win of the three. You know, Wisconsin's win over Iowa certainly was impressive as well. But I think those three teams are are contending for the title. Uh that was that was my first takeaway. I think my second one is really what we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, which is I think the middle is going to be nuts this year. I think you're going to see teams go back and forth yeah. constantly. Um, you know, Maryland and Purdue, they they played that close game. Purdue ended up winning. Uh, you know, Minnesota and Ohio that State. That was a great game. Had a, had a, yeah, Minnesota and Ohio State had a, a really interesting game as well earlier on. Uh, I'm not sure if that was still November or early December, but uh, I think there's just going to be a lot of these games. And I think a, a perfect example of that is, you know, Iowa, who had, was red hot out of the gate, you know, we've talked extensively about them so far in, in uh, relation to their performance and how much they've surprised us. Uh, they're 0-2 in Big Ten play, and that, yeah. that's just how crazy it's going to be this year, so um I think you're going to get a lot of that, and I think at the bottom, um I'll just keep this real short, but I think Three teams that are going to be so, so dangerous this year. First off, Penn State. I think they already showed it. Um, they very, very nearly beat Maryland and Indiana. Uh, Penn State's 0-2 in Big Ten play right now, but they could easily beat 2-0 and uh, with a few uh, baskets going this way or that way. Northwestern, who they're in the same boat. They barely lost to Indiana. They barely lost to Michigan. Um, and then a hold off, but uh, Rutgers I think is going to be dangerous, and not not because I think Rutgers is a great team by any stretch. I've actually been very disappointed in how they've started overall. But if you look at their their profile here, they're a really really good defensive team. Their offense is terrible, and what that means uh, in my book is that if they have a good shooting night, they're going to be really really tough to beat because of the defense. And I, my prediction is they're going to be super inconsistent. They're going to lose games. They have no business losing like they did on Saturday. And then they're going to win games they have no business winning uh, like they did against Miami. So I, I think they're going to be a wild card. And, you know, for some of the bubble teams that are hoping to get on the good side of things on Selection Sunday, those Rutgers matchups are going to be very, very dangerous because Rutgers is going to have a terrible RPI. And, well, I guess the Nets uh, now – but their net is going to be terrible and the good I think they're net. capable. Of, yeah, I think I think they're capable of pulling off upsets. So, uh that, those were my big takeaways. Uh but any yeah. any thoughts, reactions to that?
1: Yeah, actually um a couple a
0: couple thoughts and and one question, but
1: I'll start with uh, I think I, I 100% agree with the the kind of killers at the bottom. Um you know, the teams that if you look at the teams that are owned two right now, all of them Um, can go on the road, um, you know, and, and beat some teams near the top. And all of them can, you know, probably do that at home too. So um, Rutgers looks different. I mean, the defense, the fact that the defense is so improved um, means that they'll travel well. And, uh, and you're right. If they have a good shooting night and they, you know, they don't shoot too bad from three, Um, you know, they shoot about 35, 36%, uh, which is probably where a team like Michigan is shooting too. Um, so, you know, if they can, uh, if they can figure some things out, um, I, I do absolutely agree. I think they'll, they'll come away with some wins that they probably don't, um, necessarily deserve. But, um, I think my question about the, the top is I, you know, I think the 20 game schedule will, you know, um, show some teams rising to the top. I think Michigan you know, even if you look at their conference schedule, you'll see that they um, they only play Purdue once. They'll kind of um, they they you know it's not that they have an easy conference schedule, but they they kind of have they control a little bit of their own destiny in some ways. Um, they don't have Michigan State until the end of the season when John Beilein teams are usually firing at all cylinders. Um, they don't have Nebraska towards that, until towards the end of the season. So I, I think you're right about a few of those teams that'll rise, but I wonder whether Indiana. Uh, I wonder what you think about Indiana and whether they, um, you know, there have been some some hiccups so far, but um, whether they have a chance to really climb up into that top tier. I, I wonder whether we're going to be talking about Michigan, Michigan State, Indiana, and not, you know, Wisconsin um, by the end of the year.
0: Yeah, I I like what Indiana's done so far this season. I, I think they've they've impressed, and I think I tweeted this out this morning, but I think Indiana is actually the most underrated team in the Big Ten right now. It, as weird as that sounds, because it's been years where they've been the most overrated team. But they yeah. are 8-2 and two right now. They have four wins against top 50 teams. Their losses are a really, really tight game on the road against Arkansas, which that may not sound super impressive, but Arkansas is actually a really tough place to play on the road. Um, and the second one was that loss to Duke, which... A road loss uh, uh, at night against Duke, I'm not going to criticize Indiana much for that. But um, I I still think that they're a notch below, um, you know, the Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin teams. And we'll see. They certainly have plenty of room to grow. Indiana is a very young team. They're playing uh, a bunch of freshmen, uh, major minutes, underclassmen all over the place. So they're a team that definitely could grow going forward. My guess is it's going to be a little too late for them to win the, the Big Ten title um, because every, every team that is this reliant on freshmen is going to have a – they're going to hit a wall for about a week or two, sometime in January or February. I think they'll lose too many games there, and that's what's going to keep them out of the Big Ten title race. But I think by the time March rolls around, they could absolutely be red hot and a super dangerous team uh, in the Big Ten tournament and an NCAA tournament. So uh, I like them. And the last, the last thing I wanted to add, though, as far as you know, the bottom being dangerous this year, I just want to throw out a few numbers here. There are five teams in the Big Ten, right, as of today. Uh, again, it's, it's Sunday, December, December 9th here. There are five teams that are 0-2 in Big Ten play. Those are Iowa, Penn State, Northwestern, Illinois, and Rutgers. And I'm just going to go through some of the wins that these teams have already gotten. Rutgers went on the road and beat Miami, which is a top 50 road win. Iowa has beaten Oregon, Yukon, and Iowa State. Um, Iowa State is a top 20 team on Ken Palm. Penn State has already beaten Virginia Tech, who is uh, 11th on Ken Palm. Uh, Northwestern doesn't have a big-time win, but we saw they almost beat Indiana and Michigan. And then uh, Illinois, who... They're only three and seven. They don't have any notable wins to speak of, but uh, they played Gonzaga tough. They played Georgetown tough. They played Xavier pretty tough. Um, and they played Notre Dame very tough on the road. So all of these teams are capable of having really good nights. Uh, so when we talk about how the bottom is going to be dangerous this year, I, I really think it's true. You know, when uh, Penn state is arguably one of the worst teams in the big 10 this year and they've are, they might have uh what, third or fourth best win in the big 10 this year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's, it's crazy. Um,
1: But yeah, Yeah, but with that,
0: Penn state is a team
1: that's used to kind of mucking things up a little bit, you know, kind of just Mm -hmm. barely, um, you know, missing the tournament or, or kind of just barely, uh, you know, not making it into the the conversation of being relevant, but, but kind of, you know, you talk about the last couple of years, they've had some big wins, you know, where they, they upset Ohio state team. Um, or they they kind of mess around with um, you know some of the teams at the top of the conference and just to your point I mean I think you look at those teams that you just mentioned Iowa Penn State Northwestern they're all in the Ken Palm top 50 you know these mm-hmm. are not these are not bad teams these are teams that have big wins um, these are teams that um, you know are well coached and um, you know are uh, you know pretty solid
0: pretty solid teams so I think I think you're absolutely right the the numbers back that up. Definitely. Um, so yeah, I, I, do want to touch on though, uh, before we, we conclude things here. Um, there have been games of course, since big 10 play or the early portion of big 10 play has, has wrapped up, um, uh, a huge Saturday yesterday. I think there were like 10 teams or something in action for the big 10, uh, Iowa played Iowa state earlier in the week. Um, a lot, a lot of great, uh, big 10 action here, um, in, the second slate or segment of non-conference play um, any thoughts you've had over the games here in the last couple of days, you know, specifically yesterday and including that uh, Iowa, Iowa state game on Thursday night. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, I think that Iowa win was big for them. Um, it, it could be a kind of uh, a messy December going into an important January. If they were coming off two big 10 losses and then, lost you know that that sort of big Hawk game so um i think big momentum win but also a a solid you know win over a solid team for iowa i mean i i think the biggest takeaway for me from yesterday is just um you know the big 10 taking care of kind of you know maybe not great teams but but kind of pesky um pesky teams that might have bugged them in the past. Right. So you talk about a Mm -hmm. down big 10 team, uh, big 10 conference last year. And you know, I, I don't have any actual facts to back this up, but I have to look back, (laughs) but I think, uh, I think, I think I remember in December and January in, you know, kind of these non-conference games being like, wait, you know, a big 10 team lost to to that team, you know, and it's, it's sort Mm -hmm. of like Rutgers losing to Fordham, but, but worse. And, and I just don't see that much of it this year. You know, you see Northwestern kind of in a crazy, crazy fashion handling, handling their stuff over DePaul. Um, Penn State handling Colgate. Um, Nebraska, you know, beating down on Creighton. Some of these games are games that, like, you know, we're used to one or two of them going the other way. So, um, you know, again, not to, not to beat a dead horse here, but, but kind of speaks to, to what the Big Ten's doing this year. Um, and I think the consistency of it from early November through mid-November to now early and mid-December, um, it's a good thing. It, it's a good thing for the conference. But um, again, I think I'll close um, in terms of yesterday by just noting that um, you know Michigan again, you saw some holes. So um, you know I, I, you know I'm hot on Michigan. I think they're they're a great team. I think they, um, you know, have a lot of pieces to unlock. I think there's a lot more that people will see. Um, there's a lot more versatility on the offensive end. I think they have a lot to fix on the defensive end. But, you know, this South Carolina team is not that good. You know, they were 4-4 four and four coming in <laughs> last night. You know, it's 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 not a great team. Um, I think they have losses to to Furman and a couple other teams. Uh, they have a loss to Wyoming on the schedule. Is that right?
0: Uh, South Carolina? Yeah. Uh I think I they believe... might have a Yep, they lost to Wyoming yeah. the game before Michigan on the road. Okay,
1: yeah. So lost to to Wofford, lost to Stony Brook, lost to Wyoming. Um and so, you know, it it's it's not a fantastic team <laughs> it, you know, the Gamecocks, but uh but they played Michigan tough at home. And so, um, you know, I think uh Michigan handled its business, but but certainly some things to shore up on the defensive end, um, I think there's some depth and rotation questions that you know everyone's been talking about. This is really a seven man rotation right now, and if Eli Brooks plays five minutes, you know a game which he he did um, you know yesterday, this is a six man rotation so um, you know i think I think the biggest takeaway is a lot of a lot of questions um, still to be answered for Michigan. Um, you know, hopefully they can keep answering them through wins. Uh, but I'll I'll be watching a couple of those things over the next uh, you know three four weeks.
0: Definitely. Uh, for for my thoughts here on the the last couple of days, I I think first off your point is very well taken about the Big Ten. Uh, you know, I'm knocking on wood right now, but uh, has has largely avoided these crippling losses that have just killed its uh, you know RPI in years past. The net you know, would would be the same thing this year. Uh, it it's killed it because you know Michigan would would lose to some sub 100 team, or you know Nebraska would blow a home game, or lose to some really bad team on a neutral court, something like this. And this year, uh, the only teams that that have really had tough losses like that, Rutgers to Fordham, as you mentioned yesterday, and then Penn State had had a rough loss, but other than that. The Big Ten has been pretty good as far as avoiding losses to, uh, you know, the bottom, bottom teams. Almost all the losses have been – they're pretty excusable uh, when it, when you look at things reasonably. Uh, move, moving from that, though, yeah, I, I agree. I think yesterday was a, a big day for the Big Ten. You know, Indiana, huge, huge win over Louisville. I realize, you know, the big Cardinals aren't what, aren't what they were, you know, four or five years ago, but they're a good team. They're well-coached. I think they had a lot of confidence coming out of that Michigan State win and moving forward. And Indiana got down. You know, they, they, they got punched in the face. You know, they, they tasted their own blood, and they responded. <laughs> they came back in the second half, and they won. And that is a huge, huge step for a team that is as young as the Hoosiers are this year. You know, a lot of freshman teams, if you punch them in the face early – you know they can get intimidated, they can falter, and you can end up, you know, escaping with a win. That is not what happened on Saturday. Indiana came back, and I thought the better team won that game. And that's huge for Indiana, and that's huge for their confidence going forward. Uh, the other game that I thought was really, or the other two games I thought were really, really significant for the Big Ten on Saturday, mm-hmm. Nebraska beating down Creighton uh, on Saturday night. The Huskers had not beaten the Blue Jays since 2010. Uh, that's a that's a pretty rough <laughs> stretch there against your rival. Yeah. Um, and Nebraska, they left no doubt. They were the better team. They were better from start to finish. And they came away with a big home game. And Nebraska has won, I, I want to say, like 17 in a row at home now. Uh, really, really tough at home. So I, I think, you know, I, met, I mentioned, you know, there were some other teams that I thought were a, a notch back, you know, from Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, that could maybe make a run at things. Nebraska, because of how they're playing at home, they're going to be a dangerous team uh, to watch here down the stretch. You know, even if they can't perform on the road, you know, if they if they perform like this at home, they're going to be in the picture. Uh, and then uh, the last one... Um, who am I, who am I forgetting here? I, I just blanked on, uh, the, Oh, Michigan state, Michigan state winning at Florida, uh, game that, that got some national attention. Gators have not been perfect this year, but they're a top uh, 25 team on Ken Palm. All their losses have been, uh, were away from home coming into this game on Saturday, Michigan state went in, was able to get the win despite a Florida comeback effort in the second half and Michigan state quietly putting together a really, really impressive resume so far. I know people were, were down after that Louisville loss, but Spartans are eight and two, two and zero in big 10 play. Uh, they're, they're looking pretty good. So they're, they're a team to watch going forward. But, uh, uh, but yeah, I, I, I was really excited by what we've seen recently. Uh, today, this is recorded before, but, uh, Purdue playing at Texas, that should be another big time opportunity for the Boilermakers. But uh but before we go here, uh and uh, end the podcast for today. Uh any any final thoughts on anything, anything we left out that you want to touch on briefly? Yeah, I mean the uh, first thing is you saying that that Nebraska and
1: Creighton are rivals made me think about the fact that I don't even know where Creighton is located, which is, you know, really <laughs> something. <good>, but uh <laughs> um I, uh, in terms of final thoughts, I think um, I I, uh, I agree with a lot of, of what you said. I think uh, Nebraska is a dangerous team. I think we knew that coming into the season just because it feels like Glenn Watson has been playing there for 15 years. And um, so, you know, that's always good for a team. Um, and uh, to have a point guard like that and then the versatility, they're sort of playing, you know, the way they played some teams tough last year, switching screens uh, because they have the personnel to do that. Um, with Roby um, and, and Palmer, um, a lot of really good pieces. I think they they, they look good and they can certainly be dangerous. Um, I think one question I'm having, and I think you answered this a little bit, uh, but I'd be curious to get your closing thoughts on this. I mean, in the middle of the Big Ten, you have some teams that have sort of perennially underperformed, um, either because they have a lot of talent and they just haven't been able to put it together in, in the case of Maryland, or they... Um, have some injuries that are plaguing in, in the case of Minnesota. But I look at Minnesota, Nebraska, and Maryland, and these are three coaches that might sort of be on the hot seat at the end of the year. And I'm I'm curious as we head into, um, you know, the chunk of December and then back into conference play, you know, which of these teams are you watching do you think will kind of figure it out? And, and, and which of them do you think it, it might be – just same old, same old.
0: Uh, so I guess two things. First off, uh, Creighton is located in Omaha. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, second, can you can you name those teams again? I just want to make sure I know who you're referencing.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I was talking about Minnesota, uh, okay, Maryland, and um, Minnesota, Maryland, and Nebraska. All of whom I think are teams that you know if their coaches aren't on the hot seat, I think they should be. Um, I think consensus is that that you know those three guys um, you know kind of have something to prove this year, um, especially in the case of um, richard petino and uh and uh tim miles so um, yeah, just curious on on whether you think they're going to figure it out. I I think that's really where the fascinating stuff in the Big Ten is going to happen is right there in the middle. Because if those teams are really really strong, can can pull off some big road wins and can take care of business at home, this conference is insane and and mm-hmm. it's going to be so messy and and crazy. Come you know end of February, early March.
0: Yeah, I mean we're we're still early. You know we're we're just over a week into December uh there's a lot a lot of basketball left to go um that's the one thing I always rant about at this time of the year you know we're not even close yet guys uh but as yep. of today uh I I Nebraska looks like a tournament team to me um they're they have a really good non-conference resume so far they're probably going to add uh another win here over Oklahoma state on a neutral court here briefly um, before a few garbage opponents to close out things. Uh, and based on how they play at home, I have a really hard time thinking they're not going to hit that 20 win mark uh, going into the mm-hmm. big 10 tournament. And if so, they're going to make, they're going to make it. Uh, they have enough on the resume so far. If, if they get there now, as we've talked about, there's going to be a lot of 50, 50 games this year. And Nebraska has been horrible away from home under Tim miles. Uh, generally speaking that that has been their issue. You know, last year I I said this over and over again, you know, Nebraska, the thing that kept them out on selection Sunday is they didn't have enough quality wins and they didn't win enough away from home, whether it's a neutral court Mm -hmm. or a road win. And this year right now they got that Clemson win on the road in their back pocket. That's a big one to have, uh, they, they're going to need, you know, if they can get Oklahoma State on a neutral court, that's another nice one to have in their back pocket, you know, heading into January. But it's going to come down to, you know, how many of those road wins do they win. But as of today, they look like an NCAA tournament team to me. Uh, and certainly if Tim Miles gets them into the NCAA tournament, uh, I don't think there's any job pressure uh, for him. Uh, the other two, um, Maryland, Maryland they, they look solid, but they're going to be on the bubble, I think. Uh, because I, I don't, I think their schedule is a little bit too tough. They didn't, in terms of Big Ten play, uh, non-conference play, they didn't play enough quality opponents, um, and they fell short against Virginia. So I, I think that's something that could bite them in the butt on Selection Sunday. We will see how it all, you know, phases out here down the stretch. Again, we have a long, yeah. long ways to go, but uh, they're going to be on that bubble, I think. Um, and then Minnesota. I, I have so many mixed thoughts. You know, they were the team I was going to touch on last because I wanted to compliment them. You know, they've actually uh, played pretty well. They beat Nebraska at home last week. They have a win over Oklahoma State, Washington, Texas A&M, Utah. They have they have a pretty nice resume so far. But we yeah, have that's seen pretty good. Um, we have seen in years past that Richard Pitino teams have nosedived in February and March. So I I have no idea. You know, as of today, I think. Minnesota has a a, definitely has a shot at getting there on selection Sunday. Um, I would put them a little bit back behind Nebraska and Maryland, but uh, I I'm just, I'm holding out on Nebraska or I mean, Minnesota because they have just nosedived with Patino before. So I I don't feel like we're going to know until we get deep into the season, whether this team is going to be able to pull it off. Yeah,
1: I think you're absolutely right. It is. It is certainly, um, too early, um, but uh, but never really too early to be <laughs> sharing thoughts on <laughs> on the
0: tournament and uh, and what's going to happen. So yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. Definitely, man. Well, well, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. And for everyone else, uh, again, my name is Thomas Bendit. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at t bendit, and make sure to check out BT Powerhouse over the coming days and weeks. We'll have tons of coverage uh, through the the second part of non conference play here. And uh, thanks everyone, and have a good one.